0: Have you ever found yourself playing the if-then game? Like, if I could only do fill-in-the-blank better, then maybe they wouldn't get upset with me. That can actually be due to experiencing gaslighting. And I'm here to deconstruct that for you today so that you don't fall into it anymore. I'm Sarah Morales, the host of this podcast. And if you're listening for the first time, I wanted to let you know that there are a variety of ways that I work with people to understand gaslighting shift the power, and heal from the effects of gaslighting in their lives. So if you'd like to learn more, please visit my website. That link will be in the show notes. My guest today is Jeannie. Jeannie attended the University of San Francisco, majoring in psychology. She currently lives in Fresno, California, and works as an independent consultant. She loves connecting with and helping others through her work. She is an audiobook lover with a very close knit family and friend circle that is a top priority in her life. She loves to spend her free time going on adventures with her friends. That sounds fun. Welcome, Jeannie. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! All right, so today, kind of referring back to that what-if kind of game that I think every single one of us have played at one point in time, that's what inspired my word of the day today, which is actually concession. So I used a couple of different dictionary kind of uh, definitions to come up with one that I thought was really good. The definition of concession is the act of conceding or yielding as a right, a privilege, or a point or fact in an argument, something allowed or given up, often in order to end a disagreement. One of my biggest passions is to help people awaken to how they are making concessions in their lives and relationships, because we do it all the time and we don't know it. And I believe that Jeannie's story is the perfect example of how this sounds and how it plays out in our lives and in relationships. So Jeannie, let's go ahead and jump into your story for today. Okay. Who was the gaslighter in the story that you brought to me and my listeners?
1: It was my ex-boyfriend.
0: Okay. And seems to be a pretty common topic so far in a lot lot of my, (laughs) I think, I think it will be a a fairly consistent one. (laughs) Um, And how long were y'all together? We were together for almost four years. Okay. That's a good chunk of time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Long enough for
0: sure. (laughs) It was definitely long enough to have a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you did a really great job of sharing some stories and some examples with me. And there was really a recurring experience that to me was frustratingly familiar. Like Mm -hmm. I myself experienced it. I've heard so many of my clients experiencing very similar things. Um, Will you explain the pattern of the conversations that we'll see in your main story?
1: Yeah. Well, with him, it was a lot of, he would say things like he didn't want to be the event coordinator. He wanted me to take over planning things. He didn't want to always be in charge. But Mm -hmm. the problem with things with him saying that was when I would do that, there was always something wrong with it. Either there Mm -hmm. was a reason why it wasn't a good idea um, or um, he would do it, but he'd kind of do it almost unwillingly. Like he'd be like, Look at what I'm doing for you. Mm-hmm. So there was bring the catch. So either I needed to have mm-hmm. a lot of gratitude or I was gonna owe him something for it. There was mm-hmm. always some kind of consequence for getting what I wanted, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and doing something, you know, for me. Um, so yeah, and that was kind of a recurring, recurring thing with him.
0: Yeah. So I want to repeat this back to you because it's so powerful and it's so important that we are able to see this when it's happening in our relationships. So to me, and I'll I'll go through this a little bit in the deconstruction zone, but it's almost like there was a mirage of choice. Yes.
1: Right. It was very much. Yes. It was very much that way. It was, he wanted to know what I wanted as long as it was also what he wanted.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So here, here, let me, you know, Jeannie, I'm, I'm so, I'm so thoughtful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm going to let you choose. In fact, I don't want to choose. In fact, you're putting the burden of, on me of choosing, and I don't really want that. So I want you to choose. But really, it's just, it's a mirage. He just wanted it to look like he was giving you choice because he didn't, right? Because even when, (laughs) right, like everything I make up, everything was good and pleasant as long as you wanted the same things as him. But then when you didn't want the same things as him, one of two things happened, right? Either Uh you paid for it with him blowing up in one way or another and, you know, somehow it became something bad or Uh there was that strings attached thing that you just talked about. Mm hmm. So in neither of those three situations, did you really have a choice? Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. So it was a mirage. This you, you know, you decide, you know, like, I want you to. Yeah, it was a mirage.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's totally true. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you had to me what was a perfect example of this. And uh, I'd love for you to go ahead and share that story with my guests at this time.
1: Okay. Yeah, well we were um we were on a trip and we were going to see a show and so he was telling me, "Okay, pick pick where we're going to go for dinner before." So mm-hmm. I looked at a few places. I was like, "I'll send some options over to you because again, I'm always kind of nervous about picking something myself." So he's right. like, enough, "Don't send me options. Just choose something. Whatever it is is, will be fine." Mm-hmm. So like, "All right." So we get in the car to go. We're running a little bit late and uh we put it in the GPS. And it's a little bit farther than I thought it was gonna be. So I'm immediately nervous about this. I can right. see he's not super happy with how far it's gonna be. And I was like, we well, can go somewhere else. It's fine. That it doesn't need to be here. It's like, no, 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 it's fine. We're just gonna go. We'll get mm-hmm. there. Um
2: mm-hmm. we
1: hit the road, of course. We make some wrong turns. Um, parking right. was, you know, mm-hmm. a nightmare. And I can just see his frustration now and now yeah. he starts yeah. snapping at me. I can't remember his exact words, but it was a lot of I could tell he was angry.
2: He was mm-hmm. not happy.
1: And so we finally find parking, we get out of the car, we go in the restaurant and he is just cold, stony. I'm trying to um start different conversations, trying mm-hmm. to be really kind of, as bubbly as I can be to kind of like counteract his mood. Right. And he is just cold. Like w- will hardly respond. Um yeah, so and finally I was just like this is not going anywhere. So I'm like what yeah. is going on? Like why are you so upset? Mm-hmm. Like still and mm-hmm. he says to me, he says, well, when we got out of the car, you should have known to hug me and hold my hand because that's, that's what have, re- would have resolved the situation. You should have known to do that. And you didn't do that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Like a, a Jedi mind trick being able to like <laughs> read
1: out of people's minds
0: or something. Yes. Right. So one of the things I want to point out here, um, you know, whether it's both for you and my listeners or just my listeners, that I think is really important when we're when we're trying to um really get to a place where we are living awake. It's one of my favorite words to describe how I want to live and how I'm hoping my my listeners and the people I work with can live is when we are focusing. This goes into the negotiation trap, which is part of what I think you probably fall into. Again, we'll get mm-hmm. into this in the deconstruction mm-hmm. zone. But when we're so much paying attention, to, paying attention to what the other person needs, we are often disconnected from how we ourselves feel in that situation and what we would want to have happen in that situation, right? Yeah. Like if you could go back to that moment, totally abloving here, like I didn't plan this question, <laughs> if you could go back to that moment and, you know, kind of get in touch with what Jeannie in that moment probably wanted more than trying to like cater to your ex-boyfriend and trying to manage him and trying to placate him and all of these things. How do you think you were feeling in that moment?
1: Um, At that moment, I was hurt because I was like, you're acting towards me with so much, I mean, contempt really. I mean, he was just being awful to me. And so I'm like, but it was the onus was on me to apologize for what I had done wrong. Right. And I look back on that and I'm like, I just, all I wanted was for him to be kind, you know? And, and if he wasn't, you know, to not have to cater to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. And so
0: again, I think what's important to point out is in order to kind of get a good gauge on what's actually happening in our relationship is to pay attention to not just making, every, making sure everything comes out okay, but how am I feeling in this moment? How do I feel about the way this person is talking to me right now? Mm-hmm. Right. Like not how do I make it stop? Right. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of what we do because it's it's survival. It's a survival instinct. It's not, you know, yeah. a shameful thing to do that. It's, it's natural. It's like automatic human kind of behavior. And if we don't want to be on autopilot, if we want to be as awake as we possibly can be, because here's where a lot of a lot of people will ask me if I if I end this relationship or if I'm starting a new relationship, how can I not get into the same type of relationship relationship again. And this is one of those ways we need to be as awake as possible. Yeah. Right. And part okay. of that is continuing to say, I'm not going to have my focus. Doesn't mean we don't care about the other person or try mm-hmm. to meet their needs or that kind of, that's not going to be my priority. My mm-hmm. priority is going to be making sure I know how I feel. When the person is treating me this way or is talking to me this way. But again, I don't, you know, it totally makes sense. Lots of, lots of us, lots Mm -hmm. of my clients have been in that place where they, they just feel like they don't really have any other choice. Like I've got to figure out how I can get this person to stop talking to me this way.
1: Right. And I mean, even how I was acting as far as, before I kind of asked him about it, I was being so much overly, you know, overly bubbly, overly enthusiastic, overly, whatever, just trying to get him in a better mood, you know, but it it was so outwardly focused on like That wasn't how I was feeling. I wasn't feeling happy.
0: No. Bingo. I love that. I love what you just said there, because that's such an important key. I was outwardly focused. Mm-hmm. right instead of inwardly focused. and again, mm-hmm. the the goal of that is to be balanced. We don't want to just only be inwardly, <laughs> inwardly. No. that's not <laughs> the solution either, right? But I yeah. always tell people we're going for a balance with if we have to er er on the side of being inwardly focused. Yes, right? Go for balance yeah. if you have to err introspective. like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. okay. so yes. so basically this this scenario happened. he's upset with you. You should have known that I, you know, wanted you to respond in this precise exact way, mm-hmm. um and you didn't. M- you know, my question is, had he ever communicated this to you before?
1: Uh, not that specifically. He uh-huh. had his reasoning for why I should have known this was mm-hmm. that um his number one love language was physical touch. And so okay. therefore I should have known because that was his number one love language that that's how I should react in that situation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, when he was saying that he wanted you to reach out with physical touch when he was upset with you is actually a little bit of a problem for you and I totally get that because I can relate. I'm I'm similar with this feeling that you expressed to me in your in your notes. Um can you explain because this to me this connects with concessions. Can you explain how that almost kind of a demand stirred up a, a problem for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was really hard for me because I, I felt a couple of things. I mean, I felt, first of all, just surprised that that okay. was something he was even demanding, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, because it's like, I'm already feeling hurt and whatever now, you know, right. man, but also, just my reaction to someone when they are being emotionally aggressive towards me is not to want to reach out to them, right. especially, physically. you know, I, I want to yep. pull back yep. and he was like, no, you need to do the opposite.
0: Yeah. So then you were put into a place where it's basically choosing. Um, and again, this will point to concession. There's no middle ground. You either choose to do what I want you to do. And you have to compromise your own sense of safety, right? Or you have to you choose yourself and what feels safe and good to you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be mad at you because you're not meeting my needs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Again, a non-choice choice. Yeah. <laughs> a exactly. few a few episodes ago, I talked with Haley and the uh, the Dingling. No, I wasn't Haley Haley Dingley Dang, Care. That was um. The ghosting boyfriend and we talked about the non-apology apology, apology. uh, you know, this is like the non-choice choice. choice. (laughs) I feel like that's what this is that we see over and over again is putting you in a position where you're not really empowered to make a choice that will feel good for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really felt that way that, you know, I was, I was put in a kind of no win situation a lot Mm -hmm. of times.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And then so like these th- these things often go um you know they start out as a conversation that probably would only need to take about 15 minutes but um typically when somebody is in a really gaslighting kind of mindset they're pretty relentless to they won't yield their viewpoint there's no other valid way to look at things or feel about things. So things take a really long time. Like conversations can get even bigger and bigger. And, um, that's how this went for you. Correct. It kind of escalated a little bit. Yes.
1: This yeah. was, we were on the car trip home and I, I couldn't quite let it go, you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, this was really hurtful to me. Yeah, And it was almost the entire car to ride home of an argument over this mm-hmm. conflict, you know, of being like why I was wrong and why I should have reacted a different way and kind of just like consistently wearing me down on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you were
0: rightfully upset in my opinion, right? Like again, being asked to make a concession around what makes you feel safe to benefit him really is what it boils down to. So how, you know, in the end of things with this conversation, how did it end?
1: Um, It basically ended with me Again, is is a concession. It was me being yeah. like, um, uh, you know, all right. I I guess I I I should try to understand his perspective. I should try mm-hmm. to understand where he's coming from, and basically me saying, well, I'll I'll work on that. I'll do, I'll do better next time. I yeah. will do better next time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think there's an added dynamic here because it's one thing when you know someone just says something, and and we kind of. You know, which I don't think is most of us, but when you just kind of yield your perspective in case and kind of really quickly kind of just make a concession, there's another dynamic when someone is really insistent, right? And they come off as, you know, very almost arrogant Mm -hmm. and I know best and Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's right and all of these kinds of things. And I know you talked a little bit about that. What did his insistence? Due to you and, and your confidence in what you knew to be true?
1: I really felt like I was not allowed to want anything if it mm-hmm. wasn't what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I was allowed to want it if he wanted it as well. That was totally acceptable, right. but if he right. didn't want it, I, that wasn't okay. Um, and I needed, it wasn't important. His feelings were more important than my feelings. His wants and needs were more important than my wants and needs. So I needed to always, um, let basically let him win, you know, or let Mm -hmm. him have Mm -hmm. his wants or his needs over mine because they were just more important.
0: Yeah. And there was also a component for those of my listeners who have been you know, listening since the first episode, which not that I'm like at episode 100 or anything, but still, <laughs> I've listened to all of them. I, I introduced my listeners early on to Darvo, um, which is this this concept of reversing who's the victim and who's the offender um, mm-hmm. in a in a situation, and that was also pretty pervasive in in your conversations as well. Correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it was always if if there was an apology that he was going to give me. I always had to also say why it was at least 50% my fault.
2: Yeah. Um, at least. You no, know, why why uh-huh. was this
1: your fault and now I'll apologize for something too, mm-hmm. but I had to make again the word, the concession yeah. that I was yeah. wrong too and what and what and also say what I needed to do better next time.
0: Mm, wow. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I I definitely saw um some of the kind of breaking down and undermining in throughout your story. And we'll go through that in the deconstruction zone. Um, you know, you also shared, and I don't, I don't know if this was something that happened often or if this was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing, but you shared with me a, a pretty intense, um, example of how, you know, his being right in almost stepping into really coercion, um, Mm -hmm. escalated. You, are you comfortable sharing that with my listeners as well?
1: Is this the time where I had said I was leaving? Yes. 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 Mm -hmm. So I had basically, we had gotten into a big argument. I don't even know what it was about, but a huge argument. And I finally, I was like, I, and there were times that I reached this point, but you know, um, more than once, but yeah. said, I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving you and I'm leaving the house. And we're standing in the bedroom and he literally sat in front of the closed bedroom door
2: mm. and he
1: was like, he was uh, basing it saying, well, I just want to talk to you. I want to talk this out. But uh, when mm-hmm. there is a six foot six over 200 pound man standing, or <laughs> yeah. standing in front of a closed door. Yeah. You are the feeling of helplessness yeah. is so strong because I'm not gonna move him. If no. he doesn't want to move, he's not moving.
0: Nope.
1: Yeah. So and and it it just kind of reinforced this feeling of I am helpless in this relationship. I don't have, I don't make the choices in this relationship. He makes the choices when he wants to make the choices. Yeah.
0: And, and I almost feel like, you know, I could have picked out concession. I also probably could have just picked out the word mirage (laughs) for -hmm. for your story too, for the word of day, because again, where this comes in to play with gaslighting, right? Like gaslighting is, isn't overt, Right. It's covert. Right. So, right. Like somebody who's just an asshole would just stand in front of the door and say, You're not going anywhere, bitch. Like, mm-hmm. sit down. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. You know, but he, right. Why this is gaslighting is because it causes confusion along with the sense of powerlessness because he says, Well, I just want to talk to you, which sounds like a mm-hmm. good thing to say. Right. But his words and his actions were not lining up. Yes. Right.
2: Absolutely. It was like,
0: I'm going to look like the good guy from the words that I say by saying, you know what, don't leave. Like, let's talk this out. Like, I really want to talk to you. I care about you. Like all of these words, 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 but physically he sat his ass down in front of the door knowing full well, you weren't going to be able to budge him Mm -hmm. as long as he was
1: conscious. Right. Like, so I mean absolutely. And you know, and he can say say all the right things. I love you so much. I'll change yeah. whatever, which was the consistent theme. Yeah. But that's telling me something completely different.
0: Yeah. It it is. And and again, just so for my listeners, um I, again, I th- I think there's a little bit of a different dynamic. There's one dynamic when somebody will do something that is abusive cuz that's abusive, right? Mm-hmm. Um and they'll they'll be in a volatile sense um or state and and that time, and then later they'll say the nice things. Mm-hmm. It's still confusing. It still hooks us, right? Again, we talked about that pattern with Haley, where it's like you know you don't act great, and then they love bomb, and mm-hmm. they bring you back in, right? They suck mm-hmm. you back in. This is a different dynamic, and this is this is why you know I've been so passionate about gaslighting and understanding it from all the different angles, is because it it, it can present differently in different situations. Mm -hmm. So for yours, it's almost, in my opinion, more confusing because they were happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. Abuse while saying things nice, you know, abuse while reinforcement that they care about you. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that was, that was total
0: mind game, Yeah, (laughs) total mind game. Right. So side note, a little tip here for everyone listening. When you feel like you might be experiencing that kind of confusion, one of the best things you can do is get out of your head and get into your body because our bodies are animalistic and we will respond um, in a way um, where we will Uh, One of my colleagues, uh, Jenny Rochelle, she'll talk about about whether we're expanding in that moment and opening ourselves up to the experience or whether we're contracting away. Mm. And if you feel yourself contracting away, whatever they're saying, it doesn't matter what their words are. If you Mm. find yourself contracting away, shrinking away, your body is trying to tell you that you don't like what is happening.
1: Mm, yes. That's so right? true. I mean, cause I can literally like feel kind of that sensation in my body and I know I, I felt that a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So our head can, can kind of give us problems cause it can be too busy trying to make sense of everything. And again, that can cause us to be disconnected from the rest of us. So, um, just a little side note. So, um, you know, we talked about, it was a great story. Thank you for that. Thank um, you, you know, we talked about him having this kind of really um, power dynamic in the relationship. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, this eventually got to the point where, well, I guess it didn't really happen for you. The kind of really coming out of the fog, if you will, of, of Mm -hmm. this relationship didn't really happen until the pandemic set in. Right. Yeah. So help us understand, like sometimes it takes this kind of a, a separation from our person uh-huh. in order to get the kind of clarity that we need. Will you share with, with totally. my listeners what happened as you got a little bit of distance and separation from him? Yeah.
1: Well, I moved out, um, when the pandemic happened and, you know, he claimed it was health and safety reasons, you know, yeah. whether that was actually true or not, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, because then he wanted me back like a couple months, you know, a month or two later and it was the same situation. So, you know, yeah. but um, with a grain of salt, but, um, When I was, once I got out of the situation, I started feeling myself actually return to myself. I was Mm. happy again. I didn't, I hadn't realized how miserable I always felt until I didn't feel that way anymore. Right. Um, Mm. and I just felt myself becoming myself again. And it was noticeable. Mm. Other people were like, you're different. Yeah. Um, and I could start to see the situation more for what it was. I started the more distance I got, the more I was able to see things clearly. Yeah, to be like this is not this is not a healthy situation. This isn't a good situation. And it's not going to change. Yeah, and I think that was key for me. I think there was so long that I really believed maybe things weren't great, but they could change. Yeah, there was a point where I the, it kind of like clicked in my head that this is never going to change. This is exactly mm-hmm. what it's going to be. So either I have to accept that, or I mm-hmm. have to
0: leave. Yeah. I like that what you just said. You know, it's for me one of the things I'm constantly trying to do with my clients is help them identify what their choices are. Mm-hmm. We always have a choice. It might not be the choice we want, yeah. right? Like <laughs> the choice we want might be for our person to get healthy. Yeah. Right. That's the choice yeah. we want, but unfortunately that door is closed. Right? Like, yeah. So so what are my choices? My choices are this and this. I can stay and this is my reality. This is my life. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I can leave. I can end it. Right. Um, And you were able to come to that awareness. Um, and I know you shared with me that he tried one final time Mm -hmm. to come in and, you know, what I love and what you told me, um, was that this time, um, and I am a little bit curious about what helped you get to this, but Mm -hmm. this time you, required. I like using the word required instead of demanded. Mm-hmm. It has a different energy. We don't demand things of people. We do require things of people to mm-hmm. be in relationships with us. Absolutely. We get to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just basically was, I said to him, I need an action plan of mm. how, what you're going to change and how you're going to do it, the steps you're going to do it do to make that change. Yeah. Yeah. So that our relationship is healthy. Yeah. And you treat me with respect. And what happened? And um he kind of took that in. And the next day he called me and he's like, I can't do this. Yeah. You're right. You're right. We we, <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't do this.
0: Yeah. And I love, you know, um, one of the books that I love uh, that I sometimes refer to people about boundaries, uh, the author talks about how having healthy, clear boundaries is the best time saver, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Because like, if we're like super clear and like, listen, this is what it's going to take. Then they can say like, okay, like peace. I'm out. Like, I don't want to do all that work.
1: I think he finally realized that I was really serious. Yeah. Like I had before been like, I need you to do this. I want you to do this, blah, blah, blah. But then I would cave in and I would be whatever. And he would go back to the way he was acting. But I think Mm -hmm. he finally realized, I'm like, no, I'm not going to just take your word for it this time.
0: Yeah. I love that. Requiring, requiring actual, actionable, measurable information from Mm -hmm. this person. Like, I'm not just Mm going to take you at your word you have to actually show me that things are changing. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, You weren't making a concession there. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) After a few years of making them, you weren't making one there. I
1: think I had done it enough that I finally realized that his words were not lining up with his actions. And so I was finally like, I'm not going to just accept that anymore, that you say something and then it's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to take this into the deconstruction zone and just look at it again, like, what are the dynamics that make this not just a miserable experience, but something Mm -hmm. that we can identify and name as gaslighting? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of was thinking, you know, golly, this woman endured having pretty much, you know the whole kitchen and the kitchen sink, like thrown at her, (laughs) you know, this thing, um, because you you know, when I was going through all my different things and doing my little flow chart, I was like, there's a lot on here, but there was one thing, um, at least with the story that, that you gave to me that felt predominant in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I really think, um, it revolved around your ex's end game, whether Mm -hmm. he knew it or not, I don't know um i try not to focus on um trying to name uh, the gaslighter's level of awareness because i believe there's a scale of awareness mm-hmm. um but i i kind of really believe that um yeah that this had to do with his end game and how that really came to me as i was reading through your notes and it literally almost jumped off the page at me mm-hmm. um, when i read the line that where you said, I quickly learned that he wanted to know what I wanted as long as that was what he wanted to. Right. Yes. So when we understand that gaslighting is um, part of a pattern, then what we start to look at and understand is often um, there can be an agenda. Again, whether the gaslighter knows about it or not, there's almost always an agenda. And in some gaslighting um, experiences, it's akin to grooming, right? Or, but again, it's not, it's not sexual. It's more of a, think of like grooming, but more conditioned, right? So if if we experience this dynamic often enough, we will be kind of molded and shaped and conditioned to engage with this person in a specific way, right? So, so Yes. So um, the predominant pattern for me really revolved around mind games, right? We talked about it a little bit. Um, You know, he made you look like he was giving you a choice, the non-choice choice, choice, right? But was only okay with it when he also wanted it. And when it it wasn't what he wanted, you got dealer's choice, basically is what I named it, right? It's like whatever he was going to do was what he was going to do, which also included a combination could be one of them or any combination of the following things. He would exaggerate his wounds, highlight your flaws, refuse to accept answers that didn't go along with his, give in and then be resentful, or find something to be upset about and then blame you.
1: Right. Yes, all of those things. Dealer's yeah. choice. That's why it was like dealer's mm-hmm. choice. So I couldn't yeah. just name one. one of them. <laughs> yeah, it, but it was gonna, yeah, it was it was always something. There was always some sort of consequence.
0: Exactly. Right. And for me, all of these, like if I had a, you know, a kind of a flow chart, they all funneled into this aspect of undermining for the purpose of breaking down and controlling. Yes, right. Absolutely. And for me, the end result was a breakdown of independence. Yeah, right? that's very true. Right. So I don't feel like you said, I had a hard time making choices. Like I didn't, I didn't oh. even right. like I couldn't even figure out what to do with this or that, or how to, you know, like that is the ultimate, um, kind of breakdown of independence where, and, and I, I make up, I don't know. You'll have to tell me if you tell me this in your notes, but I'm just going to take mm-hmm. a guess here that you are probably very independent when y'all first mm-hmm. got
1: together. Yes. Very yes. strong, very self-assured. Like, yes. You know, yeah, I was really, I was in a really good space, you yeah. know, I was really happy and I, I was pretty, I felt like I was pretty strong and independent. Yeah. yeah. And it was kind of like a slow process of like me all of a sudden being like, I don't even know what I want anymore. Like I just, I couldn't, I yeah. you could ask me and I wouldn't know because I got so used to trying to read what he wanted. Exactly. Um, versus the what external, I wanted, right. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's that paying
0: attention to the external again. Yeah. Key, key takeaway listeners, key takeaway. Am I paying attention to the external or the internal again? Um, so for me, when we flip the script and look at, um, you know, what can make us vulnerable to this, right? We, we Mm we're not trying to change who we are and we want to understand, I'm going to say this over and over again. We want to understand what makes us potentially vulnerable to this, right? Because there are people out there. I'm not sure if your ex is one of them Mm-hmm. But there are people out there who get off on finding strong, independent people and breaking them, mm-hmm. right? Some people do. And so if we want to be able to identify them, right, like mm-hmm. we have to know when somebody is like maybe trying to take advantage of, of our vulnerabilities or maybe directing all of their gaslighting arrows, right, like at mm-hmm. our moment, we need to be able to know what they are. Um and so it's never a shaming thing and also it's an important thing, okay? So again, for me this is how it came out for you and you tell tell me if this resonates. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a combination of you trying to see things from his perspective, which we would kind of label as empathy, right? Yes. Um yeah. plus your combination of being able to see what somebody or and or kind of anticipate the other person's needs. Mm -hmm. or the need of the situation, right? Sometimes it was about him. Sometimes it was about the situation, right? So with those two, which in in other situations would be absolutely considered strengths, Mm -hmm. right? And probably makes you really good at what you do,
2: right? (laughs) But in
0: this situation, right, it filtered into... The the kind of traps that go along with those, which I would name the empathy trap and the ne- negotiation trap. So when we put those two together, for me, it's the perfect re- recipe for making concessions. Right. So it would sound something like this. Well, they feel this way because of this. And so if I can do this, mm. then this will happen. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So that's empathy negotiation. Um, so does that sound like that
1: resonates? Oh, so much. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So what I would like to shift into from here then, like straight into this alarm, because I think um, what we need to understand again, that's not a, a weakness. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do we know um, when it's safe for us? to, to just be ourselves, right. And, and go effortlessly, effortlessly into, um, that empathy and into that, wow, I can tell what this person needs. Right. Um, so when it comes to setting our alarm and staying awake, when it comes to the topic of concessions, I kind of wanted to point out two things to, uh, to my listeners today. And the first one is understanding the difference between concession and compromise. Okay. Mm. So healthy relationships require compromise. And I think we often get that confused and end up making concessions. And the easiest way for me to illustrate that, um, well, first of all, I'll say, in my opinion, in a compromise, both people's needs are still being listened to respected, and at least met on some level. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe not in the way we thought it was going to get met, but it's still getting met in a concession. It's usually one person's needs or desires being met over the other person's. Yeah. Okay. So great way, easy way to illustrate this for me is, um, kind of thinking of the idea of dinner, right? So if I, work for a really long time on a specific day, I often don't want to cook dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like another thing. Like, oh, can we just please go get Whataburger again? It's a big thing here in Texas is Whataburger, right? Can we <laughs> my, and my boys love Whataburger. So can we just please just go get some Whataburger or whatever? Like t- in California be in and out. Can we go to In N Out? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> but um, you know, and and my partner likes to save money. Right. Right. So they might be like, well, if we go out to eat, we're spending more than if we would, if we cooked at home. So I don't really want to go out to eat. Right. So there's a conflict of values. I want ease. I want no stress. I want save my energy. Right. Saving money. Right. Uh So a concession would be me saying, okay, you're right. Let's save money because we want to go, you know, to the Redlands later this year, whatever. Right. Uh (laughs) Um, and um, a compromise w- would sound more like, well, okay, um, the other person who you know wants to save money, is saying, okay, well, I really, w- really would like to save money, but I also care that you've had a really busy day, and don't want to cook dinner, so maybe I'll make dinner tonight instead of you. You know, mm-hmm. you you had planned mm-hmm. on making dinner, and you don't want to, so you want to go out to eat. I see your need of wanting to relax. I also still want to value my need of not spending more money. So I'll make dinner. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a compromise.
1: That makes total sense. <laughs> okay.
0: So, um, side note, it can't, it's not always that easy. Sometimes one person's choice has to, it, it doesn't always exactly work like that. So if there's a, a, a sense where, you know, sometimes it, it can't be quite worked out that, like that. So one person is going to kind of get their way and one person isn't. Then what we look for is a balance hmm. Right. It, it, there should be a balance when that happens. It shouldn't be one person that is always making the concessions. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so that's something else to look for because otherwise, then it goes, even if we are truly negotiating a compromise that feels good to both people, but somebody's need is getting prioritized over the other, um, it will go into the energy of concession if it's becoming unbalanced. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing I wanted to point out really has to do with the topic of empathy. Okay. Um, and a concession around empathy has a little bit of a different feel and a little bit of a different sound. And really the, the biggest thing that I would love for my listeners to be able to take away is is simply this concept of pause versus discard. Okay. So when we are engaging in empathy, if we are strong empaths, we can often, um, end up so, um, aligning ourselves with the other person's point of view, perspective, experiences, whatever that we lose touch with our own. Right. So if somebody treats us like shit, but we understand why they treated us like like (laughs) shit, then we might be really quickly to be like, oh, well, he, you know, he had a bad day at work. So I guess, you know, I can understand why he was short with me, right? That is discarding my reality because my reality is I don't care if you had a bad day at work today. It's not okay for you to be short with me. Like you deal with that shit before you walk in the door or ask Mm -hmm. for, you know, 30 minutes of, of, Alone time in your room to like meditate or something. Like, wow, you don't, you don't get to. I can understand why you're like that. Valid. And you don't get to take it out on me. Yes. You don't get to be short with me. But again, so that's the difference between a pause and a discard, right? So I can pause mm-hmm. my perspective, my needs, my feelings for a few moments, right? To uh-huh. engage with empathy with that mm-hmm. person and say yeah i understand that would be really crappy if my boss talked to me like that mm-hmm. that's empathy but we don't stop there
1: mm-hmm. if we
0: stop yes. there it's a discard we we pause and then we unpause and say and a little bit later we need to talk about this <laughs> right like yes because this is not okay yes. right so with between those two things that is a really great way of how we can shift Um, our our energy into one of not making concessions, right? We don't have to be like mean about it. We don't have to be aggressive or any, just standing in knowing and being connected um, really can do a big difference for us when it comes to the topic of making concessions.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. So um, Jeannie, any thoughts or input or
1: anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I, I really feel that because I think I uh, would in the relationship be pretty consistently like, well, I feel empathetic because, because there's always some reason why Mm -hmm. his behavior was happening. Mm -hmm. And so I, but I would then go into the discard. Well, his behavior is happening because of this. And therefore I, I don't know, I guess it's just somehow he is okay, you know, or, or, or I'm understanding it. So I'm allowing it. Hmm. Yes. That. Mm-hmm. And we don't
0: have to do that. Yeah. We don't have to do that. We can say, I understand. And I don't allow it <laughs> actually. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, not anymore. I yeah. feel like a lot of my clients, as they start working on stuff, um, <laughs> they really relate to that Taylor Swift song where she's like mm-hmm. the, the old Taylor, uh, you know she can't come to the phone because she's not here because she's dead. Like, I'm not going to quote yeah. it right because I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing yeah. it right right now. But you know,
1: I know exactly um, what you're talking
0: about. <laughs> yes, right because yeah. we do. We we're not the same when we start to come into our power and don't make concessions anymore and require people to love us well, mm-hmm. which is really what it's about. Bottom line. Um, well, Jeannie, I have so enjoyed having you on my podcast today. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story and being vulnerable and all the things today. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Absolutely. So um, here's where I just want to give a little plug. If you would like to be on my podcast like Jeannie did today, um, there will be a link in the show notes where you can um, submit a request to be on my podcast and or if you would like to submit a question that you would like me to answer in my podcast. Um, So please do that if you would so like to. And thank you for listening today if you found it helpful, please leave a review and subscribe. And if you think others would benefit from it, please share it. And remember, it's not about becoming who you want to be. It's about awakening all that you already are. And once again, I will leave you with Wendy Child, Not Today.
2: We got stars